Are you ready to make positive transformation happen for you? Today, you're going to hear how some of the most successful people in the world have made it happen. Hello, and welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership with Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. These successful people and Dr. Woolsey will share advice, insights, tips, and tricks designed to help you incite personal action. It's time to bring positive transformational leadership to your life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. Welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership. I'm your host, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey, coming to you live from America's heartland of Beatrice, Nebraska. If you don't know where that is, pull out a map. We're smack dab right in the middle of the, of the country. Now, today's show is called Passionate About Purpose, Leading Millennials. And joining me today is Eric Grorud, a principal at EY, which is Ernst & Young. And he, it's one of the biggest four or one of the big four professional services firms where he leads America's advisory consultant program. Now, in this capacity, Eric oversees onboarding activities for new consulting professionals, and he's deeply engaged with millennials as they begin their professional journey in this world of management consulting. So, Eric, welcome to the show. Thanks, Matt. And, Eric, as I understand it, you are under a storm siege right now. That, that is correct. We're, we're out here on the – I'm in Washington, D.C., some pretty high winds. In fact, no power at the house today. So the, a, a good test for those out there as to how to, how to survive without technology. So. <laughs> yes, indeed. I'm glad that you can make it. Well, Eric, as you know, the majority of my professional career has been in professional services, really with a focus on adult learning, learning and development, professional development and such. And both you and I know each other because of the work that I do with you in preparing new professionals to become consultants through an intensive week-long onboarding program. And I can say from my own experiences as a facilitator and as an executive coach, I have witnessed a shift and a change in how millennials not only approach the work, but also how they learn. So I'm really looking forward to this topic because I'm hearing from leaders across the spectrum talking about millennials in different ways. And so our discussion today, I find, will be really quite timely. And I want to put out there for all the listeners listening to the show this is live, so please call in, get engaged, and be part of this dialogue with us today. And so, Eric, before I even get begin asking you questions, well, I'm going to start with the question right here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you and why this topic is so important to you? Sure. Um, first, a little bit about me and then why it's important. You know, first and foremost, I am a, a husband and a father of two awesome boys. The, they are 10 and 7, and so they probably create some of my inspiration. But then probably a little bit uh, more uh, connected to the conversation today, I am a partner at uh, Ernst & Younger EY, and I uh, focus on a program called the Advisory Consultant Program that you talked about, which is all about uh, attracting, hiring, and uh, and really launching the careers of our future leaders who we think are going to help us build a better working world. Um, you know, why why I'm passionate about this is really when I started to think about it is I, I don't know that it was a conscious choice, but one of the things I realized early on in my career um, is every time I went on a recruiting day and went back to campuses and, and worked with uh, potential employees, I always had a good day, right? It, the energy I got from interacting with, with folks who were earlier in their careers um, always energized me. And so over time, I've just continued to make an effort to, to engage and, and help folks launch their careers as they, they come out of the academic world. And so when I joined EY a number of years ago, there's a, I learned about this advisory consultant program and just actively started to get involved and then 
not that long ago, uh, I was asked, a little over a year ago, I was asked to take it on and just absolutely jumped at the opportunity just because I've always enjoyed spending time with the, our newest consultants, helping them lead and learn to lead, but also just getting energy from their passion. I, um, you know, I think the, the folks who are graduating now are you know, more passionate and more purposeful than, than ever I've seen in the 20-plus years I've been in the consulting industry. And that's why I'm so glad that you're on the show is I really want someone who lives the life of working with millennials and not only millennials, of course, Gen Xers, baby boomers, and even Gen Y that's in the workforce now, but for you to bring your practical experiences to this conversation, that's what I'm looking for. You know, we can't even have this discussion, this discussion today without even throwing out a few facts or statistics, because if you Google millennials, you're going to get thousands of research, you know, all, all kinds of reports and things. So let's start with this. According to a Pew Research Center analysis of U.S. Census Bureau data, last year millennials officially became the majority in the American in the American workforce, with more than one in three American workers beginning or being in the age range of 18 to 34. In fact, I believe that's a statistic from 2016. Now, if you look at U.S. Census Bureau, what they're saying is the generation of children born between 1982 and 2002 are now representing 75.4 million in the workforce. So that's a lot to absorb right there. And so my opening questioning question to you, Eric, is how do you engage with millennials at EY? Well, you know, I think I engage with them every day, all day, right, is this role that I, I just described is really about working with, uh, you know, those who are starting their careers in the first couple of years of their careers. But then the other part of my job is really working um, as a partner in our analytics practice. And so whether it's the our newest millennials who are entering our workforce or those who've been here a little while longer, I, I end up interacting with them every day. Um, very specifically, though, you know, it, it starts for us at, at, at recruiting, right? I started, uh, I'm actively engaged in recruiting. I'll be doing a week of recruiting next week. We do onboarding of several thousand folks every year. I get an opportunity to address every class through through a little bit of an opening session. But really what's most energizing for me is the part where we do a Q&A. And uh, we, we like to refer to it as stump error because it's just 45 minutes of any questions that uh, our newest folks can want to ask. And then as, as they launch their careers, we really get into things like town halls and meeting with folks one-on-one throughout the, the year. I, I yeah, so I engage with you know, millennials every day in every aspect of my job. I would imagine it all also comes through your engagements with clients and managing and, and leading teams through mentoring and coaching and, and so forth. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm curious what your opinion is about working with millennials. We hear so much. I hear so much from different people. But what's your opinion about working with millennials? Um, you know, I, I hopefully you already said so. I, I'm passionate about working with them. I, I, I find them to be extremely well-prepared, extremely eager, and when you can engage with them and understand what their personal purpose is and how, what they're trying to achieve, it, it just can be energizing for both you and, and the, the individuals you're interacting with. Um, it, a week doesn't go by that I don't hear from my fellow partners and, and, and leaders at, at EY about how some of the, these are some of the best folks they've ever worked with. Um, I sometimes think that we need to be a little bit quiet about the those who've been here a little longer might start to feel bad, but really, you know, I, I just get tremendous feedback uh, and, and find them to be you know, really passionate about making a difference and, and, and driving driving change. 
Yeah, and that's definitely why why the show is called you know, leading with purpose or passionate about purpose. It's so much about you can find research out there. That purpose piece just really drives so much about what they're doing and why they're doing the work that they do. And it's important and incumbent upon leaders to be communicating. And it sounds so much like you're doing that with the town halls and and leading the Q&A sessions and, and all those great things that you're doing. What do you see? as a difference or differences between the millennials as you compare them to Gen Xers and baby boomers? Um, yeah, I, I think like all of us were, right, as we, as we were at the, at the age the millennials are, is we, we're a product of our environment, right? And, and, and what I mean by that, it's not really a good or a bad, it's just the reality of what what they grew up in, right? They grew up in an age of internet and the information age, you know, when we had a question, you had to go research it at the library when I was growing up. Now you've got Google and YouTube and other things at your fingertips, right? It, it's, an, it's a group of folks who grew up with social media where, where sharing isn't you coming home and calling a couple of people on the phone. You, you can share instantly and, and you know, pervasively on social media. It's a different level of sharing, a different level of privacy concerns, right? And, you know, I also think it's a, it's a mobile age, right? It, when I started working, I had a desktop, Right. The only way you could work was to be in the office. That changed relatively quickly. But, uh, you know, it, this is a mobile age. You can work from anywhere and communicate with people at any point during the day. And so, you know, all this sort of flow of information. And I also think they're just passionate consumers of information, right? They're constantly getting information pushed to them, reading through, uh, watching videos, right? All this leads to a, this sort of heightened sense of knowledge, and it also creates this heightened need for transparency. And I think, you know, I, I think it's a group that expects to be engaged more than previous organizations and probably a little less deference to title and experience and then a little bit more interested in, you know, engaging in, in actual uh, dialogue where they, where they feel their opinions are valued. You know, I recently read an article, a Forbes article, and the the premise was, why are we focusing on engaging them? That sounds a little pejorative. Rather, they're already engaged by seeking you out and wanting to become part of your organization. And what the author was saying was, we need to turn it around and say, wait a minute, there are things that we need to be doing as an organization and as leaders. And from the very beginning, realizing that this generation, they're creative, and we have to do everything we can to tap into that creative energy that drives them. And one of the first things the author said was, we need to stop, listen, and adapt. And this ties so nicely back to a conversation we had a couple weeks ago with Stephanie Bickle, who talked about executive presence, about how we communicate, how we present ourselves as leaders. And her phrase that she said was, get rid of the phrase, got it. What are your thoughts about communicating and, and operating in that space? Uh, you know, I, th- I think one of the first things I did when I got this role, I just used the word God, I was trying to make sure I didn't use got it, but, uh, you know, <laughs> was, we created what we call the ACP Council, right, which was how do we get a group uh, of folks that we can sit down and have deep conversations and listen and understand what they want out, out of our program and what they're looking for out of their careers and how we can you know, help and engage and enable those folks. So I, I think it's essential, right, to, to be listening and, and to hear. And then, you know, as I think Stephanie talked about, you need to hear and not just say got it, but you need to step back and, and, re- and repeat what you've heard and, and process it and ask some deep 
probing questions to understand and make sure you thoroughly understand. Yes, active listening. And now I've heard we can't have this conversation without addressing some of the stereotypes that are out there. And I hear comments like, well, they act like they're entitled or they're lazy or they, all they want to do is get promoted every six months. What are your thoughts and reactions to those statements when you hear them? Um, I laugh a little bit, right? I, I think we, you know, if you go back to the silent generation, probably said the same thing about the baby boomers. Baby boomers definitely said it about Gen X because I'm a Gen Xer. Um, and, and now I think you know, Gen X and baby boomers are saying it about millennials. You know? So I, I think it's been a conversation that's been going on forever. But you know, I, I also get what you mean, right? You know, I, I think the ch- it's changed a little in tone. And that, you know, I, I think there's there are some differences, right? I think I mentioned earlier that millennials tend to share much more. They're they're less intimidated by sharing, and and I think that can come across differently to folks if they don't understand. That's in essence the way they grew up communicating. Um, I you know I I find that our our team has no compunction about sharing unhappiness with anyone. Maybe you know when I or when they have a bad day, they share it in social media or with whoever's there. When I had a bad day, I used to go home and talk to a couple of my best friends and you know console ourselves and we go on. That's not not the way that this generation uh, interacts. But I think it can come across differently. Um, I think you use the word lazy as well, and I, that's just one I, I, I don't see at all. I, I, I do think that this generation values what they're doing outside of the workplace equally to what they're doing inside the workplace. And so you have to talk about balance, or what I really like to talk about is you know, work-life integration, right? But I, I, you know, I think some of those things come, can come across um, if they're perceived incorrectly. But I, my sense is those who actually actively engage versus observe from afar, those stereotypes tend to fade pretty quickly. You know what I hear you saying is the drive, the passion, the purpose is is essentially, it's absolutely there. And it's more about the approach to work. And in fact, if we want to learn, any of us want to learn, especially those of us Gen Xers and boomers want to learn how to integrate, look at this generation. They know how to weave it together using electronic media and so many different things. So what you just touched on, Eric, here we are, we're at a break. And so when I want to encourage the listening audience, we're going to be taking questions in the next segment. So if you have a question, a comment, something you want to bring up, and we are going to dive into how the millennials learn and and take a deeper look at all of that. But before we go to break, what I encourage you to do is go to my website, Transformational Energy Leadership. Check out my coaching, consultative, and training opportunities. Also, if you want to contact me, you can email me at mwolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Go to Voice America, the Empowerment Channel. You'll find me there. And, of course, I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn. So stay tuned. We'll see you right back here in two minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Many of us define our lives by what has already happened. It's a past tense series of events. Do you long for something else? You don't have to live solely in this reality. Tune in for To Win Within with host Strom Thomason. Strom and his guests are here to introduce you to your true self. It's time to emerge from your box and take a beautiful journey of self-love and discovery. You'll find yourself exactly where you need to be. To Win Within airs live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. 
Inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning, healthy living power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back. I hope you enjoyed taking a look at my website during the break. Now, I'm joined today by Eric Rorud, a principal at EY and leader of the Advisory Consultant Program. Now, if you have a question or a comment, please call in and be part of the conversation. This is a live show today. Now, before the break, we were talking, Eric, about the fact that millennials represent the largest majority of today's workforce, also how you engage with millennials, and some of the differences you see between the generations. Now, to kick this off, I have another data point for you. A statistic by Impraise says that 63% of millennials look for jobs at learning organizations where they will have access to training, workshops, and company-funded postgraduate schooling. Now, what do you and EY do to address this important factor? You know, um, it's a great question because I think what we're, we do is we have continued to relook at how we do education. I think we've you know, moved much more away from the death by PowerPoint types of education where people who've done things for 10 years come up and present what they've been doing. We, you know, we live in an age where we no longer have things like user manuals. Training to be interesting needs to be interactive. We're uh, actively in the process of redoing our intern training and turning it into a simulation. And we find if we really want to get folks engaged and interested in the training, if we can put some sort of gamification, make it some sort of contest, it, it gets so much more attention and you get so much better participation. The, you know, it can be for as simple as a, you know uh, some sort of uh, EY swag or something like that, and, and that's all it takes for uh, to create interest and engagement in the training. But you know, I think the other thing we're seeing is outside of classroom training, though, is, is that it's. The, the Internet provides a huge portion of it. We're looking at curating training that's already out there. You know, if you think about how much you, YouTube and other things actually help us inform training and everything gets recorded in 15 or 5-minute videos, it, it, you know, the, the change is pretty pervasive from over the last, uh, last 10 years, I think. Mm. Make training not only – I like the gamification – part that you brought up, but also based off of how you were talking, the way that they learn and absorb and take in information, period, making it, making it mobile. And there's that entertainment factor to it as well. What, how would you say millennials learn differently from your perspective? Um, you know, I, I, I think it's very much of a hands-on 
learning. I think it is through things like videos and, and, and internet uh, um, reading right you know i I'd much rather probably go out and and read you know pull up an article and read something about a new topic online uh, you know I think our millennials are much happier watching a five minute video on it right i I think I probably get it more irked um, when I get to a video but i I think that is you know one of the one of the distinct differences I also think you know what's changing is how long what people are learning, especially technical skills, last, right? I think I recently read that the half-life of a new skill is estimated to be somewhere at around five years right now. I actually am surprised it's that long, but it, many of the things that people are learning you know, become obsolete within a couple of years, and so I think the way that people learn is much more sort of interactive versus, hey, you'll learn this and you'll use this for the next 10 or 15 years. And so I, I think that's changed the way we teach, it changed the way we learn, and it really forces us to focus on, you know, just-in-time training that's very relevant to the topic that somebody needs to be using in order to, to execute on what they're working on. All those things make a lot of sense. And as I was hearing you talk, I was thinking about when I'm facilitating workshops, and, and you and I both know that's just one sliver of how learning can happen. But when I'm facilitating workshops, for example, this working with millennials, they're just really hungry to get feedback, and it's important for them to hear about where they're, where they're, how they're doing, and what can they do to get better. I have more discussions about help me get better with learners in the classroom now than I've had if I think about 15, 20 years ago working with learners. And I, are you feeling that as well? Yeah, it reminds me of uh, being at, at a training recently where we were having some folks do some presenting for the first time uh, as they were coming into the firm. And one of the instructors noticed somebody was really fidgeting. And so uh, on the spot, you know, gave them the feedback, but it also ripped a, a sheet off of a, a good old flip chart and put it down on the ground and said, stand on this. So that when you're, uh, when you're, start fidgeting, you're going to hear it, right, with the paper crinkles. And it was just an on-the-spot type of way to give feedback. And the change in, in feedback and the way the person presented the next time was dramatically different just with a little bit of feedback. And so, you know, we, we see it happen all the time, and we, we continue to need to be creative in how we give that feedback so that it, it connects and resonates with the individual we're giving it to. Mm -hmm. And that makes all of us who are, are facilitators and trainers and coaches to be thinking, we need to be keep thinking out of the box as well in the moment about how to how to address what it is that they need. And, and they may not necessarily know what they need to be to fine tune or work on, but to be creative as well in our own dimension to help them improve and get better. And that's that taps into a question or not even a question, but a statement about so much about what I, I find, and I believe you tapped into this earlier. This generation is creative, and they're just they're hungry to be able to express that. I, you know, I, I absolutely right, and they love love to get asked to help. Um, and one of the interesting things we're seeing is because of this sort of shorter life cycle on skills and some of the, the constantly evolving new skills, we're seeing that our, you know, six months, with, with six months of experience, millennials are becoming experts in things and teaching the next generations. Frequently, it's their peers or those who are senior to them, but they've the ability to learn and the ability to creatively find ways to, to connect with people and help them understand new technologies and things like robotics and others has led us to have younger and younger trainers who are who are able to engage more and more with uh, millennials in the way that they want to be taught. And I believe another another thing for us to consider is 
to provide oppor- opportunities for them to encourage them to think for themselves and ha- offer ways to have open discussion, debate, and dialogue. And this is very different from previous generations and where just take the information and do what you're told. This generation is saying, wait, I want to think about this myself. Would you agree with that? No, you know, absolutely. I, you know, we talked about purpose a little bit earlier. I think it's a generation that if we don't provide them a purpose for why they're doing things, we're, they're not going to engage. And if they don't engage, then you don't create you know, productive uh, ideas. But when, once you can help connect with purpose and what, what individuals are trying to do, you get a dramatically different outcome and you get sort of buy-in from – and just well, – you know, that goes back to that conversation meant about lazy earlier when when I find millennials are purpose are you know feel purpose and are engaged they they will work harder than anyone out there to get something done and so I, I think it's just important but when you don't have that show that purpose I think you do get the opposite I just, you just don't get buy in and people will quickly become bored and move on and purpose, both expressing it from a leader's point of view and demonstrating passion through energy, as you were talking about earlier, and then also for them, for millennials to understand what the purpose is and how they fit into that. Eric, I've got a caller, Megan, calling in from Washington, D.C. Megan, are you there? Hi, Megan. Hi, yeah. Hi, Megan. I have a you know, question for you, Eric. Uh, what key similarities or differences do you see in millennials today? compared to yourself back when you began your career? Um, yeah, I think there are a number of similarities. I, I think we're all, you know, I think millennials and, and I at that age were trying to figure out what it is we wanted to do with our, our lives and, and weren't sure what that path was going to be. Um, you know, I, I've heard some people say that, that they don't think they're as focused or, you know, they're not sure they're going to do the same job forever. I, I think I was, the, I was the same at that age, right? I, I I ended up staying in consulting, but I used to think uh, each year I'd make a decision of whether I wanted to go do another year of consulting. And so I think some some of that is there. Um, I personally think I, I I connected better if I could see how what I was doing made, made an impact. And I, and I definitely see that with our millennials as well, as if I understand how it impacts a bigger picture. Yeah, great. Thanks, Megan, for calling in today. And and that's a really interesting point that you bring up. Is It is. It's about impact, but even I think what I'm finding is there's, like you said, that deeper drive about purpose and having that passion and how does that align with their personal values, perhaps, and, and the organizations as well. Yep. I'm, one, I'm wondering, Eric, how has this impacted the way that you lead millennials when you think about everything you've talked about here? You know, I think if you don't approach, you know, it, individual conversations in a couple or conversations in a different way. If it's a, in a larger setting, you need to come with a, a level of energy um, to the conversation and an understanding of what, you know, why you're there and what the purpose is. Um, you need to, to come with a genuine and open and honest approach. Um, I, I think one of the things that I see is, is, in, with our millennials is, is a huge desire for transparency. And that can be hard um, as a leader at times with, with newer folks who are newer in the working space just because sometimes it feels like, oh, you want to resort back to those things you heard. Oh, they just don't understand or something. And what I, what I really have forced myself to do, do is try to put myself in the shoes of someone, uh, of a millennial who's sitting in the office 
in, in a room listening to me and say, what are they going to want to hear? Why is this relevant to them? And, and I think that thinking from a transparency standpoint and um, also understanding, you know, what what are, what are they really at, what's really being asked and how can I answer the question that's really being asked? And we've talked about on this show energy really from the inception of my the inception of my show talking about energy and the power the law of attraction you know like energy attracts like energy and there's positive energy and there's negative energy anabolic and catabolic and for you Eric what do you do to make sure that you're always in that anabolic positive energy state so that you're attracting others to you um you know I, I think one of the things is, is just getting myself excited before about what I'm talking about, making sure that I actually am comfortable and, and I truly believe in what I'm talking about. It's really hard to have a high energy when you, when you don't uh, believe in what you're talking about. But the other thing I have found is, is that energy feeds on itself. And so one of my, my favorite things is, is to very early on get some level of interaction with folks when we're talking to them. That, because that, the energy that comes from our millennials is just tremendous. And so that, like, I feed on that energy. When I, you know, you've been at a couple of these where I do uh, Q&A sessions, and by the end of those, I'm more energized than when I went up there. It's just extremely exciting to hear the insightful questions, the difficult questions, and what people are, are care about. And so uh, I find that if I can come with some energy, I always leave with more energy. And embedded in all of that, I, I don't know if I'll put words in your mouth, but what I'll say, what I heard you say, because you did say the word care, is this deep sense of empathy. And that really goes back to listen and adapt and, you know, get rid of the gotta piece and to really empathize and engage with others. Yeah, absolutely right. It is, if you, you know, I think people see through it when you don't truly care about something or truly believe in it or when you're, you know, when you're trying to avoid an answer, um, you know, I, I was in front of a town hall last Friday, not two Fridays ago, in Chicago, and somebody asked a question, and I and I said, yeah, I know that was a little bit of a weasley answer, but that's what you're getting, right? And you know, hopefully it came off correct, but it was somebody was asking a question that was really kind of direct about an individual situation, and in the large setting didn't want to answer it, but I gave a, a rough answer, but it also sounded a little bit. Uh, like a, a political answer of trying to avoid the question. And so, you know, if nothing else, I felt like I acknowledged that I'd done that. But, it, you know, it, I think um, you got to show that you care and understand, but you also have to have to balance things. So. And that ties back to your what you were saying about transparency earlier. And they appreciate that. Well, listen, we're coming up on a break. And so when we return, we're going to talk about turnover because I know that's what a lot of organizations are thinking about and what we can do to transform thinking about how to engage those millennials so that they do stay. So please join us. We'll be taking callers in the next segment and we'll be right back after this two-minute break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you left the cage that held you back but find yourself in the wild of your life wondering, what do I do now? I'm Dr. Lisa Cooney, and today I'm going to give you the tools to answer that question. Regardless of the issue, your choices of the past no longer need to haunt you. You have the power to change that and to create from a space of fun and ease. How different can your life be? 
Find out. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work-life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. And we are back. Today we have Eric Grorud, a principal at EY and leader of EY's advisory consultant program, joining us today. Given his role, he works with millennials in a fast-paced, high-demand, and world of professional consulting. In the last segment, Eric, and what we did was we talked about how development opportunities are a key driver to engage millennials. We talked about the various ways to do that. We also talked about how millennials learn differently and why it's important for leaders to foster open communication and gain that trust that they that they so are hungry for. Now, I'm going to ask you about devi- advice you have for both leaders and millennials. But before I get to that, I, I need to, of course, throw out a few more statistics for you because we're going to talk about how do we keep them engaged because turnover is, is a concern. Now, here's a statistic from a Gallup poll that said 29% of millennials are engaged at work, 16% are actively disengaged, and 55% are not engaged at all, which I'm not quite sure what actively disengaged and not engaged, but but quite fair. Neither is good. (laughs) Right. And then there's there's another Gallup poll that shows when millennials leave an organization, it is said to cost the U.S. economy $30.5 billion annually. And that's B with a billion. That's a lot of money. Here's the $50,000 question, Eric, and that is what can leaders and organizations do to address this lack of engagement and transform their organizations? I think we need to realize that as leaders um, that we're – that sort of hiring doesn't stop at the point someone accepts an offer, right? I think we all know we long ago abandoned sort of lifetime employment where people started at one company and retired from the same company. Um, not that we, we we might not strive for that in some cases, but it, it, I think that, that, that error is gone. And so I think we need to continue to engage people and help them understand why staying is the right decision, right, there, with the acts easy access to posts of new jobs and things like that through all sorts of uh, online options. That option to go find a new job is is always present, right? At any day, someone can go home and start looking. And so it it comes down to us on a day, you know, leaders engaging with folks and helping them understand what the purpose is, their purpose is, um, and why they they should continue to stay engaged with these teams, it is essential to, to, to retaining employees. Um, 
you know, it's interesting. One of, we just did a survey of our folks um, in the last month, and one of the, the things that we found that our, our millennials valued the most was in, more engagement with leaders. And so as leaders, we need to, to make the time to spend time with, with, our, with, with people and, and engage with them and, and have conversations and, and help them feel that we care and about what they're doing and, and they're a part of our organization and not just doing it lip service, but truly demonstrating that that's there by, by engaging with them in their careers and helping them. You know, I, I think the other thing is you talked about this earlier about the, the sort of desire for feedback. We, you know, I think we're finally moving away from this era where we spend time stack ranking people up and telling 50% of them that they're in the bottom 50%, right? Nobody wants to be there. And so I think it, it, this movement towards continuous development feedback and helping them understand where, how they can, under, first of all, understanding where their goals are and then helping them get there is far more important than, than spending countless hours trying to stack rank people at the end of the year. And so, you know, I think all of those things help drive engagement because it, it makes people feel like they're, the, the organization they're working with is invested in them as much as they are in, in it. And that last point you made about feedback in many ways does tailor to or really connect with millennials because the old model of your six-month goals and then your annual review where you get feedback just twice a year simply just doesn't cut it. And it sounds like what you're talking about, there's ongoing feedback. Is it every three weeks? How's that calibrated? Um, you know, I, I think it's, well, the desire is to be continuously giving people feedback. I, you know, I think, you know, we personally are moving towards quarterly and even more frequent than that. But I think I think it's a mindset Right, and I think as you shift your mindset to um, to being in a situation where you're always saying, "What can we be doing better?" but also understanding what, where people are trying to get, right? And you know, one of the things I like to talk to folks about is you, you need to understand what your passion is and what your purpose is, and but the second part of that is you need to share it with those around you so that they can help you achieve that. And so, part of being, you know giving people feedback is also giving them feedback that's in the context of understanding what their purpose and what they want to be doing and how they can, how they can get there. If it's just generic feedback, that doesn't actually uh, accomplish anything. And it sounds like it's a two-way street. Communication on both sides of the equation, not only me giving you feedback about what I see you doing well and areas to improve, but for you to communicate to me where your desires are. And that, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one other thing I wanted to bring up with you, because you can do a search, you can go to Glassdoor, for example, or there's some other websites out there where employees will share information about their experiences within an organization, and it's really proliferated. And and, let me just stop there for a moment. Have you experienced that or seen that, and and what have been some responses, or what's a way to be thinking about how to take that information when you see it posted out there about your organization? Um, yeah, so it, it seems like the latest one that I see a lot on is something called Fishbowl. Um, it's a little more pointed because it allows you to have uh, groups that have are specific to companies, <laughs> so mm. it's pretty hard to ignore, right? If you look out there and. And there's a, there are folks out there, a lot of folks from the program I run that are out there, and, and I you know I don't read it daily because I might get a little too depressed. Um, but there's there's good and bad right it, it, um, out there. But it goes back to 
back to the whole belief about perception. If, there, if the perception is out there, you need to accept it as, you know, as some level of reality and think about how to engage in those areas. The other thing is, you know, it, it highlighted to me as a leader is how important transparency is. Because I will tell you, when we, we still do annual raises, and when we do those raises, I can pretty much see what I, uh, I can, it's like, uh, you know, uh, you can see as people have conversations, it's all posted out there. And so you need to be really comfortable that the information is going to be shared and be comfortable with transparency, right? You know, I, I've joked that you should probably just publish salaries at this point because it, it's all but done on, on things like Fishbowl and Glassdoor <laughs> and these other websites. Uh, probably not really willing to get there, but it, it definitely changes how, you know, it's a way of getting instant and honest feedback. Um, it's, you know, you got to balance that those who are happy may not be posting, but it, it's at least some of the perception that's out there and, and ignoring it uh, doesn't, doesn't accomplish anything. And along those lines, companies or people and, and employees will post, well, we've got a really nice lounge with vending machines or, or you know, food that's supplied for us. And, and some other people might say, you know, you, your goal is to make the millennials happy. And so if you need to do that, that's something you should consider. What do you think about that? Um, I, I think we, we work in a different world than we did, you know, 20 years ago, uh, you know, Office people don't generally have dedicated office spaces, at least in the industry I'm in. They they take space when they need it, and so, but they also work tremendous amounts of hours. And so, I think balancing things like you know snacks and other things, you know, are if it. But I don't think it's just the millennials. I, I we have a new office in Seattle. Has got to love it, a lot of those things, and I love it when I'm there because it means I can. You know, I don't have to leave the office to go get a, a cup of coffee or, or a thing of. Almonds, you know. So I, I don't know. I think it's part of it is is meeting what you need to, to help keep your employees, you know, engaged and happy, and and you need to balance that with what the cost might be. But I I don't see it as a you know. A, 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 I don't think anyone's going to stay or leave from a company because of that either. I think it is about meeting people in ways that make them feel proud to be where they are. Yes, so much of the research shows we leave because of our boss. The other things are also somewhat nice. I'm so glad you mentioned Seattle. That's where I'm originally. I grew up in in Western Washington, and that's how we think over there. <laughs> so, now, Eric, what I want to bring up with you is, as we close out this segment, to have you share some of your sage advice for leaders to be transformative in terms of engaging millennials. What do you have to say to leaders? Well. You know, I think first of all, any transformational change at this point is more likely to come from our millennials than our than our leaders, right? And so, I, I would encourage them to actively engage with millennials. With give, you know, we talked about active listening earlier, right? It, it's about getting them engaged in a way that they feel comfortable sharing and bringing their creativity and knowledge. One of the people I work with leads uh, artificial intelligence for the for the uh, our firm, and he he basically has most of his teams. It's like him and and um, our our newest millennials on the projects because he he finds they have the most creative thinking and the best way of thinking about how we can leverage artificial intelligence. And he sort of skips many levels in the organization to to engage with with our ACPers, sort of these millennials, um, just because he finds it what helps him drive transformation with. With his clients, and so I, you know, I think um, first and foremost, it's you know, harness the creativity because it's I actually think it has more potential to to lead to transformational change than anything. I recently read an article, and the author was saying they decided to 
actually, let's just stop acting like I know what I'm talking about and have these fresh graduates out of university bring in what they know and how they completely just change the direction of how their engagement was, was going with a client, which completely supports what you were just saying. So being open, being listening and, and adapting. How about advice for young professionals who are just starting out their careers? Um, you know, I have a, a couple of things I always think about. One is, you know, take advantage of every experience um, and be intellectually curious because you never know what you're going to find you're going to love. You asked me at the beginning of the call today, you know, how I became passionate about working with millennials. It, it, wasn't, a, it wasn't an overt or a planned thing. It just happened by experiences and, and embracing those. Um, you know, I think the other one is excel at everything you do, whether it's the most interesting task or, or the most mundane and just always excelling. It really helps, you know, your personal brand. Um, I always want them to keep, I think people need to keep sharing. I actually think the longer people are in careers, they tend to share less. They, they, they think their voice doesn't matter. And I don't think that's a great, great answer. Um, and, you know, I, I, I tell them to lean into the social media, but think about how they can leverage social media more in a professional setting. I think most of our millennials are very active in social media, but it is more of a social than a professional. And I think there's an opportunity for them to expand that. And, you know, and then finally, I think for, and I think this is uh, one of the things that I probably should answer to Megan's question earlier, which is about, you know, Take time to enjoy your career and enjoy the ride. It's really easy early in careers to get focused on three month increments. So, did I, you know, has the world changed in three months? I'm not happy. And, and I think the careers are journeys. And so, the, all of us benefit from remembering, you know, it's 30 or 40 or 50 year career. And so, a couple of weeks here and there um, aren't, aren't the end of the world. And I think that's, uh, I think that was true when I was 20 years old. And I think it's true now. Um, that we need to take the time to enjoy our careers. I absolutely agree. And what and the tone of this conversation has been the drive and the motivation, the purpose, the power, all that stuff is still the same. It just may be exhibited differently. And for individuals on in both sides of the equation, leader and and follower, is to to be flexible, open, and and think about realizing that the power, all that stuff is still there. It's just we've got to find that, that common ground. Well, I'll tell you what, Eric, we're, we're at a break now. And so when we come back, what we'll do is we'll recap all the key points we've hit on over the course of our conversation since the beginning. And so for listeners out there, stay tuned, and we'll see you back here in two minutes. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. If you're lost in the dating world and need GPS, if you're stuck in dating hell and can't get out, if you're in need of a dating intervention, then Done Being Single with host Treva and Robbie Sharp is your lifeline to love. From hookups to happily ever after, learn how to navigate single life and find the one. Tune in to Done Being Single Saturdays, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. 
We'll help you define the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life. Have certainty in yourself and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to the show. We're talking about leading millennials who are passionate about purpose. And I'm joined today by Eric Grorud. He's a principal at EY and leader of EY's advisory consultant program. Now, we've talked, we've talked how millennials present themselves in the workplace and the importance of leadership. So let's bring everything together, Eric. And I like to introduce things in three. So we've got three segments we're going to summarize. And let's have a key point from one if we can distill it down to one. Now, in the first segment, when we kicked off the show... We talked how, how you engage millennials, and we, we started off and looked at s- some statistics about the size of millennials in the workforce, and actually, I didn't even talk about this earlier, but the research shows the millennial space is going to expand further over the next com- com- couple of years, and then it, it'll eventually taper off, and if, that's also said for the following generations. So there's that piece, and so the very much they make up one in three employees in the workforce now, and we with that we talked about some of the differences we see between working with millennials, Gen Xers, and baby boomers, and of course we've got Gen Y now entering the workforce and Gen Z. There's some of that stuff coming, some of that now trickling in, but as you think about what we talked about in the very beginning, what would you say is the key takeaway for us? Um, you know, I, I think first of all I, I would be confident in the future. I, I'm, I'm very confident in the future with millennials growing into our future leaders, right? I, I really am. I think they, they're transforming how we interact and how how, uh, how things happen in the world. Um, I, I think it's important, you know, to engage, to, to engage with the, the millennials versus observing them and really understand that this sort of broad stereotyping of anyone doesn't make a, a lot of sense. But I think what's the most important is that it's a, it's a generation of folks who purpose matters for, and you need to engage in understanding their individual purposes and then engage with them in pursuing that purpose to, to, to really make significant change. And we talked about, yes, purpose does matter. And in that, we did talk about highlight in that first section too is so critical for le- listen or for leaders to listen, adapt, and, you know, get rid of the Gata concept and, and be open to what they're, what they bring to the table. And so, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, no, that's good. Yeah. Well, then we went into, and we also talked about gamification and things. And so that takes me into segment two, where we were looking at the importance of development and opportunity, development opportunities, and what you're doing there at EY to address some of that, but also how millennials learn differently and how it's impacted the way you lead and work with millennials. And we also talked about a leader's energy. And so in reflection of those key points, What's your summary? What's your takeaway for that segment? Well, I think, you know, first and foremost, learning has dramatically changed. We've gone away from sort of lecture-style PowerPoint, death-by-PowerPoint types of, uh, of learning really to 
learning that occurs in smaller segments in gamif- gamified ways or simulations where, where they're much more interactive, they're much more engaged. Um, and so the, you know, we need to think about learning differently. We also are constantly learning, right? The, the advent of new technology and the pace of it has dramatically changed how quickly things are learned and how quickly they become irrelevant. And so that becomes extremely important to keep in mind and to, to focus on very pointed small amounts of training in just-in-time fashion, even more so than in, in the past. Um, you know, and it, kind of on that last point of leader's energy, right, it, it, is people are going to learn and lead and, pers- and pursue new things when, they, when they're inspired. And I, I think that really does come from the, the energy of the organization. And I think it's a two-way street. I don't think it's just leader's energy. I think it's leaders creating energy in, in the folks that they're working with and, that, and then feeling that energy come back. And I completely believe and subscribe to the notion that the energy's there and we can feel it and we can tell when it's honest, when it's authentic, when it's real and positive versus the other kind of energy. And it's prevalent in, in so much of what we do. And, you know, that reminds me also when we are talking about learning, it's also really, really important that we encourage millennials to think for themselves and for leaders to create those forums of debate, those forums of discussion, so that they can be part of and they feel like they are part of the dialogue. And and that's something else that, that elicited or came out of our discussion right there. And so when we get to segment three, we talked about we started off with some statistics about lack of engagement, what 55 plus a 16%, you know, you're in the 60% range there that are actively disengaged or not engaged at all. So there was that piece, which is really quite striking. And you had a different point of view on that. Also, you offer some advice for leaders to really advance the transformative way of leading their organizations, and then, of course, close it with some advice for young professionals. And as you reflect on all those different pieces that we talked about, what's the key takeaway here? Um, I almost want to start where, start where we ended, right? It, it, the key is, is that the careers for, for our leaders as well as our millennials are about journeys and enjoying, the enjoy, enjoying that journey. And I think it, that means and, and lends us all to engaging um, engaging in open, honest communication and engaging and, and harnessing the understanding of, of everyone, especially our, our newest folks in the workplace, workplace who are going to really help us transform, right, and really transform how the economy works, how the workplace is, and embracing, and embracing that change. And so I, I think for all of us it's important that we, we in, enjoy the journey we, and, and we accept the, the change that's going to be driven by this generation that's going to be, you know, probably more impactful than any previous generation. So many pieces there. And, you know, we haven't even really talked about the gig economy and, and the nature of how you have touched on it in terms of how business has changed, how, how we operate and change differently. There are some organizations who are going back to bringing all the employees back into the office, the brick and mortar. But my interaction with clients, that's few and far between. I certainly see it continuing on in the direction that you're talking about, about hoteling an office, not really having your own office space. In fact, I was just working with a client in the healthcare industry a couple weeks ago, and they very much have hoteling. They don't even have offices. So it's definitely pervasive in so many different areas. I guess my point being is that the the way that we do business will continue to accelerate. When you said that shelf life of five years for skill, I really believe, I, like you said, you're really surprised. I'm really surprised by that too. 
just given the way technology and things are advancing so quickly. So thank you very much, Eric, for your time today and sharing the practical advice in the application, the ways that you're doing it there at EY. And it, it's, it's so very helpful to, to hear your tips and tricks about engaging and having, having forums and conversations and ongoing feedback and being open to the way that we give feedback and mentoring and coaching and all those things that are so key and important that's helped you in the role that you're doing there with EY. I really appreciate it. Thank you for your time. It's been great. Uh, thanks, Matt. Absolutely. And so if listeners, also, Eric, if listeners want to get a hold of you and get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to contact you? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, but also uh, I'd just say Eric, E-R-I-C dot Grorud, G-R-O-R-U-D at E-Y dot com. Just the letters E-Y. Um, it's probably either of those are great ways to get a hold of me. Fantastic. Now, what my here's the, the tease for next week. So what does it take to hire the right leader? And how do you know you're screening for the right competencies that make sure the fit is right for your organization? Join me next week on Transformational Energy Leadership for a discussion with Dr. Riley Harville, who specializes in the use of assessments for pre-hiring and executive coaching at that executive level. So until next week... Log on to my website at transformationalenergyleadership.com or contact me via mwolsey at transformationalleadership.com, Facebook, LinkedIn, and of course, go to Voice America in the Empowerment Channel. Until next time, harness your positive energy and lead transformation. Talk with you next week. Thank you for listening to Transformational Energy Leadership. Please join Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey again for another edition next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.